Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. In today's episode, we finish our series, Apocalypse Now. Sometimes we wish we had a do not disturb feature for certain parts of our lives. We will discover today that the purpose of Revelation is to help us understand that a D&D feature does not exist in life and calls us forward to live faithfully even when things around us are falling apart and disturb us. Do you know one of the best features on our phones that have been developed in the past five years is the do not disturb while I'm driving feature. How many of you have this feature on your phone? Basically, whenever your phone senses that you are going faster than 10 miles per hour, it says, oh, you're driving, right? And uh, so what it does, it silences your text messages. And then it even does this awesome thing. It does you the favor of texting the person who texted you while you were driving saying, I'm driving. That way, that person who's waiting for the text message knows that it's going to be a little bit before the person gets back to them. It's a really great feature. And, and, and this do not disturb feature is essential for us as we drive because studies have shown that legitimately, if you drive and text at the same time, it is the equivalent of being drunk and driving. There have been countless numbers of accidents because people were looking at their phone or doing whatever while they were driving and they were swerving and they ran into a person. And there have been distinct amounts of, of crashes and, and, and even deaths from this this, this thing that, that we have in our pockets, right? But the do not disturb feature is awesome. And I suggest that if you, if you have it on your phone to turn it on, uh, <laughs> begin to live in that kind of way. Because the reality of it is, is when we take our attention, when we take our focus off of the road, it can be deadly, right? Now, how many of you sometimes wish that you had a do not disturb feature for life? <laughs> yes, all parents have raised their hands today. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, think about this. I mean, I wish, you know, I remember moments when I was trying to get more healthy, you begin to eat healthy, you know, you begin to, to exercise and things like that. You wish you could have a do not disturb feature to tell all of your friends, no, I do not want to go out for ice cream, even though I want to go out for ice cream, right? <laughs> Right? You wish you had these, these features where you, could, where you could turn certain parts of your life off where you don't get a notification about something that is going to cause you to live in a way that you, maybe you don't want to live, right? Uh, I think sometimes we do this um, not just, uh, you know, maybe any kind of goal, right? I, I don't need you to get in my business right now. I need to get this done, right? If you ever done that at work, your boss comes and talks to you, and you're like, why are you talking to me? You're right? <laughs> Those kinds of things. But I think, too, I think for personal moments, we wish that we had do not disturb, right? Uh, for example, uh, how many of us have maybe a habit in our lives? And we usually go back to the habit when we're feeling either down or we're feeling lonely or we're feeling, uh, I, you know, stressed, when we're in pain, right? There, every single one of us have these things that we sometimes turn to when we are feeling down, when we are feeling pain, when we are suffering, when we are stressed. 
And sometimes we just wish we could turn on a do not disturb feature for the stress or the pain or, or the loneliness that we might be feeling, right? We've all been there, right? I think in our own faith, if, if, if you believe in Jesus Christ and you wanted to begin maybe like a prayer life, right? You want to really start praying daily. How many of us can testify that when you sit down to pray, you start praying and then about five seconds in, everything about your day comes creeping into your head and you're like, do not disturb me, mind! Some of us have issues going to sleep at night because we can't turn our minds off. Do not disturb me! I'm trying to sleep. I need some beauty sleep. Me especially. Right? I'm talking about myself, friends. Not, none of you. You all look amazing today. Can I just say that? Y'all look good today. We wish we could have a do not disturb feature. Because the reality of it is, is that life is tough. And sometimes we find ourselves doing the wrong thing because, well, we've been disturbed by the things that bug us, that hit us right there in our, in our very souls, that, that cut down to who we are. But you and I both know that there is no such thing as a do not disturb mode. Right? Life happens. Life happens. And you can be blindsided one day by something that changes your world significantly. And how you react to that can be anywhere from good to bad There is no such thing as a do not disturb feature for life. I think sometimes we even like to put a do not disturb, we, we try to put a do not disturb mode on God in certain parts of his scriptures. After all, we want to believe in God, we want to, we want to love God, and we love to hear that God is love and all these different things. But then you read certain parts of Scripture and it says, you should give this up to follow me. And we're like, yeah, but I like that, right? So we, we sort of like, we sort of section off that part of Scripture and we say, hey, don't disturb me. <laughs> no, we're, we're, I'm just going to ignore that part of Scripture, right? And I feel like a lot of people have done that with the last book of the Bible, which we have been journeying for the past few weeks, the book of Revelation. We've been in this series called Apocalypse Now, and when you hear the word apocalypse, oftentimes you think the end, right? You watch a movie, and an apocalyptic movie is about the end. But apocalypse is actually a Greek word that means to reveal or to unveil truth. And so at the very end of the Bible, of the scriptures that, that we read, that we hear about God's saving grace and everything, is this apocalypse, this apocalypse of Jesus. And it's a, it reveals who Jesus is. But you and I understand that there's a lot of people who treat this book a lot differently than a revelation. They treat it in a way that well, it, it, it scares us to death. Because if you read Revelation, you will read things about beasts. And you will read things about angels 
blowing trumpets and plagues coming upon the earth and you read about this, that, these and those and everybody seems to have a theory about what these things mean and when these things are going to happen. They treat Revelation like, well, this is what's going to happen before Jesus returns. And a lot of people get scared. Because a lot of people's theories are based on scaring you, <laughs> if we be totally honest about it. And so over the past four weeks, we've been, we've been reading Revelation as a revelation. Not as this roadmap to the future, but rather how it reveals who Jesus is and what he has done and what he is doing and what he will do. And we've discovered this, right? Revelation is not a roadmap. It's not about having a map of the events leading to the end of the world. Rather, it's the guide of how to live when it looks like the world is ending. And maybe some of you have thought, where did you get this idea? Well, here's the coolest thing. Today, at the very end of the Revelation, believe it or not, it tells you what the purpose of Revelation is. I know it's hard to believe. <laughs> that it would be so apparent and that some people just, they go this way, that way, and these ways with revelation. But the reality of it is that Jesus shares why he has given this vision. And what's really interesting is that a lot of people, when they read this, read it not the way that Jesus said to read it. And that should disturb us a little bit. That should disturb us a little bit. But the reality of it is, is that this revelation looks for us to have clear focus about life. Clear focus, not about beasts and not about trumpets and not about all these different witnesses and all these things, raptures and other things that people read into it, but rather... What Revelation is about is focusing our eyes upon the one who has saved us and raised us for new life. And when it gets tough, when it's really difficult to see Jesus in a world that's filled with evil and pain and suffering and death, we're still called to fix our eyes upon him. And so today, we're going to read this plain moment this, 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 where Jesus comes clean with us as the reader and says, hey, this is what all this is about. This is what all this is about. You ready to hear what this is all about? We're going to read in Revelation chapter 22, beginning with verse 21. We're going to read the final words of Revelation, the final words of our scriptures. And if you're expecting judgment and destruction, I'm, spoiler alert, you're going to be disappointed. Here we go. Beginning with verse 12, this is Jesus speaking. Look, I'm coming soon, and my reward is with me to repay all people as their actions deserve. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Favored are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right of access to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. Here for the first time, you're like, what's the city? This is the, this is the brand new city. We talked about this last week. You've got to go back. It's really good. 
Outside of this city are the dogs, the drug users and spellcasters, those who commit sexual immorality, the murderers, the idolaters, and all who love and practice deception. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to bear witness to all of you about these things for the churches. This book is for a church, for those who believe in Christ. I am the root and descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who wishes receive life-giving water as a gift. Now I bear witness to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy contained in this scroll, If anyone adds to them, God will add to that person the plagues that are written in this scroll. And if anyone takes away from the words of the scroll of prophecy, God will take away that person's share in the tree of life and the holy city which are described in this scroll. The one who bears witness to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come. Lord Jesus, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. What an unbelievable ending. The grace of Lord Jesus be with all. Makes you feel pretty good, doesn't it? But I think Jesus really shows his hand right here at the beginning of this passage. Look, I'm coming soon. Look, I'm coming soon. Now, some of us, when we hear church people say that Jesus is coming soon, we automatically put do not disturb on. (laughs) Right? Because a lot of times when preachers talk about Jesus coming back, you know what they usually talk about? They talk about judgment. They talk about hell. They talk about, get your affairs in order. He's coming back soon. And the reality of it is, is there is an urgency here. Read the next words that Jesus says. My reward is with me. And I will repay all people as their actions deserve. This is an encouragement, an inspiration to believe in Jesus Christ and to live in the way that he has called us to live. That's what this is about. This is about being faithful to the one who has saved us and raised us for new life. This is encouragement. And it's written to the people who believe in Jesus as Lord. It's written to the churches. And so if you're sitting here today and you're like, I'm not really a part of a church and I'm not sure about this whole God thing, so this isn't written to me, there is a message in there for you. We're going to get to that here at the end. But listen to this, church. Listen to this, those who have faith in Jesus Christ. I have a slide for this. The purpose of this revelation is to notify 
the people who followed Jesus to focus on him so that they would not be found outside the gates of the city, the eternal city, the new Jerusalem, on the wrong side of judgment. In other words, if you're going to say that Jesus is Lord, if you're going to believe that he is Savior, if you really, if you really have faith in him, Make sure your life reflects that. Because judgment is based on what we have done. And so if we find ourselves saying, I believe in Jesus, but our actions say otherwise, like we, you know, hate our neighbor, we withhold forgiveness from people, we go out and look forward to taking advantage of others so we can get our own way, guess what? You will be judged on those actions, especially if you say Jesus Christ is Lord. And this is why so many people get uncomfortable with Revelation. Because there, every single one of us have had moments where we have not been faithful to Jesus. Even me. This isn't a judgment thing. This is a, hey, I'm with you on this. You know that time that you lied? I understand. We've all been there. Remember that time that you took from your, your, your mom's purse and, and didn't give the, the change back to her? We have all fallen short of the glory of God. This is not judgment. This is for us to come together and to focus on the one who has said, I forgive your sins and you can live a new life now. And that's why, friends, Revelation emphasizes Jesus on the throne. The focus of the lives who believe in Jesus is to be Jesus Christ. Amen on that one, friends. And the people who like to focus on this, that, these, those of Revelation, about finding a day when Jesus is going to come back, about this, this leader or this beast or all these different things, is missing the point. <laughs> this revelation is to show that the one who died for our sins and rose from the dead and now ascended into heaven and sits on the throne of the entire universe is going to come back just like he said. And if he's on the throne, then you and I can live that new life today even when it looks like the world is falling apart. So how do we focus on Christ? Simple. Favored are those who wash their robes so that they might have the right of access to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. This starts, friends, with a willingness to believe Jesus as the Son of God, as the Lord of the universe, as the one who has given us new life today. 
It starts with washing our robes, but then it's not, it doesn't end with just praying to Jesus and say, hey, Lord, would you come into our life, into my life? And then you just keep on doing what you've always done. Because Jesus' teachings confronts a lot of things that we have always done. And so we begin to trust him and believe him and receive his spirit so that we might be changed. Friends, if you think a Christian life is just about praying a prayer and you're good for heaven, I'm telling you, you're going to be massively disappointed when Jesus returns. You're going to be massively disappointed today. Because Christ wants you to have a new life today. Man, i got to keep on living the same way that I always live? No. I have to define myself by the same way that I've always defined myself? No. I can keep doing this thing that I do whenever I feel lonely or down or hurt? No. We believe Jesus can change everything. From addictions to habits to sins. We believe that he can make you a new person where you don't have to live in the same way that you've always thought yourself to be, in the same ways that you have always done. And that's why Jesus says things like, forgive people when they don't forgive you. It's why he says, give to those who steal from you. It's why he says, forgive your enemy. It's why he said, blessed are those who are meek. Blessed are those who are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who depend upon me for all things. For every word and every thought and every action. Focusing on Jesus means it's not just receiving forgiveness, but it's living out grace in the midst of persecution, difficulty, suffering, pain, injustice, sin, and death. But it's not fair! Focus on Him. I think we sometimes go to Revelation thinking that, that there is a do not disturb feature on <laughs> when we read it. God's going to take us out of this and we don't have to deal with anything anymore. Happy faces all the time. And the beautiful thing about Revelation is that it never once does that. In fact, what Revelation does is it addresses the pain and the injustice and the suffering of this world and says, quite frankly going to be here until the end. It's going to be here until the end. This is not going to be easy. This is about you remaining faithful when so many other things vie for your love, for your attention, and for your worship. Dan Boone says this, the urgency of revelation is not so much a chronological urgency as it is an urgency of attention. Where is our focus? Is it on the one who has saved us and has raised us? And if you were hoping 
for this message. If you came to church today thinking, man, I just need to feel really good. I need to get those negative vibes out of my life. This is not the place to do it. There's a lot of other self-help theories out there that you can go live with. Christianity is not that way. Christianity addresses the pain that you are in and sees it, sees it as injustice. It sees it as its root coming from sin. It sees it as coming from death. We mourn in the moments that we are called to mourn. But then we are raised anew to begin living and treating others in the same way that Christ treated us. We give of ourselves in holy love to God and to each other. If... if. Uh, if, if following Christ meant that we could have a do not disturb mode, uh, well, I, I think Jesus would have experienced something different. See, Revelation admits that there is no D&D feature in the life of faith. If so, Christ would have not had to suffer the experience of pain and death on the cross. So if you think coming to church, all your problems are going to be magically lifted if you do this, or say this prayer, or give this much. By the way, there's a lot of preachers who preach that. Have you ever noticed that? No, that's not how life works. But rather, we and God are with you in the darkest moments of your life. And we see you, and we love you, and God loves you regardless of what night you are in the middle of. And if we focus on Christ in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of pain, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of death, we will be changed. We will be changed by Him. And instead of lashing out on the people who have treated us unfairly, we begin to forgive. And we begin to see that person and why they treated us that way. And we love them regardless of how terrible of a thing that they have done to us. you've been here before, you've heard me say that peace isn't the, the withdrawal from conflict. It's not what peace is. Peace is an ability to stand firm when the world around you is falling apart. When conflict comes your way, it is a faith in God who will see you through, trusting that He is doing everything so that you can remain faithful to Him. And as we focus on Christ, we begin to let go of the things that have defined us. We let go of our idols. We let go of our vices. We let go of our sins. 
We come to the point where we don't want to do it anymore. Focusing on Christ causes us to live faithfully even when powers and beasts and evil and other forces seem to be insurmountable. Because the reality of it is is that all of them are still in this world. Friends, you can accept Christ today and you will be tempted the moment you walk out. Actually, you might be tempted right now. You might be tempted right now to think about something other than God. We need to focus ourselves on Christ and Christ alone because there are so many other things looking for us to be a part of. Injustice, pain, suffering, sin, death. I love how Zach Hunt says this. Revelation is relevant today Because the plagues it warns about are all around us. There are no winged beasts flying through the skies. How many of you have seen winged beasts with human faces flying around and bugging people? Anybody seen that lately? No? No whirly birds do not count in your gutters. Uh, There are no winged beasts flying through the skies or horsemen riding on pale horses. But the plagues they bring with them, famine, poverty, economic injustice, ecological disaster, death, are all very real today. Revelation points to the world and says, look, I see it. I get it. It's tough. Look at me. I'm on the throne. Come to me. Now, if you're wondering, how does this work? That's the beauty of the next section. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to bear witness to you. The Spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes to receive life-giving water as a gift. If you're wondering how you focus on Christ, if you're wondering how to have a new life in Christ, it's simple. You come to the one who gives you new life. Jesus. Come to him with your burdens. Come to him with the struggles. Come to him with the things that you have told yourself who you are your entire life. He will transform them. He will transform you into a new creation where you are not bound by what you have done. You are not bound by what the world says you are. You are not bound by how the world treats each other. But Rather, you accept this life of forgiveness and love and you begin to love God and love your neighbor as yourself, regardless of what the TV says, regardless of what you've heard about your neighbor, regardless of how much this world looks like it's about to fall apart. Stand strong and believe and, and receive your life from Jesus, the one who was raised 
from the dead, the one who is alive and on the throne today. Come to him, and he will give you life-giving water. Come to him. He will give you the tools to live a life free from sin. Come to him, and he will give you a people to dwell with, to love and care for. He will give you the spirit and the bride. He will give you His Spirit that transforms you and the church that exists to worship Him in all things and remain faithful to Him. You wonder why we meet on Sunday? It's not because we feel good. It's because we have come together to worship the one God, to love Him and to begin to love each other far be, be, through all of our differences. Some of us come with our families, but you know what? There's a lot of different people in this room right now. And each and every one of us have burdens and pains and temptations that we are struggling with. Bring them with you. We don't judge, but we hope that you will rely on Christ and he will see you through the night. He will see you through and we will pray with you, and we will help you. Are you without money? We're here to help you. Are you without peace? We are here to love you. Are you without joy? We're here to point to the God who has saved us and has raised us anew. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. And so, friends... If you don't believe in Christ, if you're not sure about this, Jesus is saying to you right now, come. Come and experience this life. Come and receive my water. Come and live out a life that you, that you thought you had to settle for. But the life that he gives is far greater. It helps you let go of grudges. It helps you let go of pain. It helps you let go of sin that you've done. It helps you let go of the identity that your parents told you who you were. It helps you let go of the identity that you have told yourself to be. It enables you to live new life today. And in that new life, you join Jesus. You join the Spirit. You join the Bride. And you go to others and you say, come. Come with us. Come journey with us. There is new life available, not when Jesus comes back, comes back, but today. How do we focus on Christ and live out this life of faith? Come to Christ and live in him. Accept forgiveness, accept his teachings, accept everything. But it also means that we invite others alongside us to begin living holy lives of love. You see how Revelation brings all of this together, friends? And you thought it was all about figuring out who the Antichrist is. No. It's about living faithfully to Christ who has given you new life today. I do think it's funny, though. I think it's funny how Jesus ends this. Did you notice there is a warning? 
The notification is, look, I'm coming soon. But in verses 18 and 19, there's a warning. There's a warning because I think Jesus understood that when people read, read Revelation, they're going to get their focus onto the beasts or to the trumpets or trying to read into the scripture of what's not there. And he has these words of warning. If anyone adds to them or if anyone takes away from them, you might not be a citizen of the city. In other words, there's judgment there. So friends, the reason why we have looked at Revelation in the way that we have over the past few weeks is not because Pastor Matt has a different theory of all those other people that say all of these different things about Revelation. It's not what it's about. It's because his, the words of Jesus says, don't add to this and don't take away from this. I'm coming soon. Wash your robes in the blood of the Lamb and live accordingly. That's what this is about. And when it looks like the world is falling apart, wash your robes and live accordingly. And when your friend betrays you, wash your robes and live accordingly. And when the, the, the depths of depression come and the evil voices that say that you aren't worthy come to your mind, wash your, wash your robes in the blood and receive his identity. In the midst of in the midst of governments that are corrupt and, and nations that rage on, wash your robes and live accordingly. And when the world is falling apart and things fall from the sky, wash your robes and live accordingly. Come to me and you will receive life-giving Friends, this is good news. For those of us who are wondering, what is this life like? Well, it's, it's a life, friends, that is a lot different than what we see in the world around us. Sometimes different than even how some churches act. Let's really be honest. but it's a life that, that is free from sin and death and looks to rely upon God, not just for forgiveness, but for every little thing. For every little thing. How to treat your neighbor, how to treat your enemy, how to give to others, how to serve others, how to take up your cross and follow Christ. I think it's time, friends, that we begin to focus on Christ in every part of our lives. Because guess what? We don't know the day or the hour. And that's not to scare you. That's the reality. We don't know the day or the hour at all. Jesus even admitted that he didn't know. And for all those times, all those temptations, when you've been told by somebody, we're really in the end times now. Well, we were in the end times actually for the past 1,800 years. 
I'm not joking. John, who wrote Revelation, thought Jesus was coming back tomorrow. Paul, who wrote his epistles in the New Testament, thought Jesus was coming back tomorrow. We have always been in this time of waiting for Christ to come back. Because guess what? Jesus always does what he promises. He's the only guy in human history to say, hey, I'm going to die. People are like, no, you're not. You're like the Messiah. I'm going to. And then guess what? On the third day, I'm going to raise again from the dead. What? You bonkers. Nobody's ever done that. I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to ascend into heaven and get on the throne of God. No, you're not. You're going to stay with us the entire time. No, he, there it goes. Bye-bye. Jesus will do what he has promised. And so the question that you and I have for ourselves is, are we washing our robes? And are we living accordingly? Will we be on the side of judgment that enters into the city where there is no more pain, where all things will be made new? Or will we find ourselves saying, no, God, I don't need you. I don't need this. And you know what judgment really is, friends? Judgment is God giving people what they want. When you don't want God and you want to do everything your way, that's what judgment is. You don't have to live in the city. I'm not going to force you to be here. Don't put the D&D &D mode on when Jesus is calling you to new life today. I like how Dan Boone says this about how we are to act when we read Revelation. Listen to this. We are deciding right now. Every time that God addresses us, something happens. We harden our hearts or we open them. With every witness, every sermon, every encounter with the Lord, our hearts get harder or they get softer toward God. And by the end of our life on earth, we have revealed our thought-out response to God. When our hearts get set, our actions follow. Friends, if you say that your focus is on Christ, are your actions reflecting that? And if you've never focused on Christ, if you're still unsure about Him, what if I was to tell you that your life could be radically changed by the One who has saved us and raised us? Because it can be. Come to the life-giving water that He gives. Do not hesitate, for He is coming soon. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We would love for you to join us on a Sunday morning for our service, which begins at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street, Northwest, in Warren, Ohio. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, please visit us at championnaz.org.